is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. All forget to step and hits a three over Brown. And that's another three-pointer for the UCLA Bruins. And they got 11 on the night. White, bounce pass into Johnson, near side post, and puts it home! Send it in, XJ! Hamilton to the far side, four, Alford. Alford, three-point shot from way deep, and he hits it. Are you kidding me? He's 9-12 from the three-point line, and has got 37. He hit that one from about 30 feet out. He's having an incredible night. Thin air, don't care. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Konigsberg, Ali Monroy, and... Jake Shapiro. Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast, coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern. Jake Shapiro here with Ryan Koningsberg, and yes, she is back, and she's I'm got back. her name, uh, Ali Monroy, here as well. Literally from probation to promotion, got her name on the podcast. I was never on probation, guys. She this is a du- sick lie Ryan's trying to tell you guys. She was on double secret probation. No, double no. secret probation. What's that from? No, no. Animal House. I ah. am back, though, and whoever of you who have been dreading all of Jake and Ryan's puns, Nobody, I'm nobody back. dreads no, our puns. No, no. I've had a few people come up to me and be like, I understand your pain. I can't imagine being there with you. And I was like, I understand. Someone out there came up to me. Allie was standing right there. You didn't know Allie was there. Came up to me and was like, yeah, I got to admit, I actually love the puns. And then Allie was like, no. And he's like, oh, you're Allie? And she's like, yeah. He's like, just kidding. I actually hate the puns. <laughs> was that in Santa Clara? <laughs> no, that was in Boulder. That's amazing. Uh, well, I'm here to stop the puns as much as I can. But, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes. Well, I'm here to continue DJing this show. And speaking of DJ, DJ Elliott was hired as the defensive oh. coordinator. No, not necessarily yet. Not Come close. On. It's a little bit closer than uh, what we heard last week, which was that Peter Sermon to the Buffs was a done deal. Uh, That fell through. Sermon took another job. DJ Elliott is rumored to be heading out to Colorado. The papers are close to being signed, and he would serve at Colorado in, quote-unquote, a similar role that he served in at Kentucky, which he was the defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach. A DJ just sounds more fun than a Sermon to me. You know what I'm saying? Why? <laughs> Why? Why does that sound more fun? Well, because like I'm more of like a, a party, you know. Get, give me Ryan. the DJ. It's the same question I was asked by another Buffs media member a couple weeks ago. Would you rather hang out with Tim Tebow or Johnny Manziel? Johnny, Johnny Manziel every single yeah. time. Hundred percent for those views. Allie, answer the question. Which one? It's going to be Johnny Manziel, right? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. That's how we do it here in the I, just, I, thought don't, about I don't like to. I thought about it to just be like. Yeah, she wanted. From yeah, yeah, I, I saw the like look at her eyes. She's like, I'm just gonna say this just because I don't like them. Like, yeah, no. But Tim Tebow, he just bothered me when he went um, went towards baseball. So I just don't like him as a person. It's like you were trying to be different, like how when I said you were going to order the burger here at the Blake Street Tavern, you were like, no, I'm not going to order the burger. And then you still settled on the club, which is the closest thing to the burger. Yeah, Jake calls me out. He's like, I get a menu. Jake calls me out. He's like, you're going to get a burger. And I was like, a 
Watch, watch me. I'm not going to get a burger now. <laughs> she gets a chicken burger. Anyways, uh, DJ uh, Elliott is 40 years old. He played football at Wyoming. He was a linebacker. He's bounced around a little bit uh, in a couple different coaching roles across the nation. He's been at Houston, Miami, Texas State, Tulsa, Rice, Florida State, Kentucky and now rumored to be at Colorado. Nixon's also known as a very good recruiter. He's recruited some very... Uh, you just called him Nixon. Oh, well, the Katie Nixon news just broke, so <laughs> I, I got that confused. Elliot, Elliot. Uh, we had the Katie Nixon news, not first, but we had it. Yeah, he, he, he's... Bo Gamble sitting to my left, uh, people that are listening to the podcast. He'll be on in a second. Nixon is coming to Colorado. He's staying with the Buffs. Uh, but DJ Elliot... Uh, his top five recruits have been very solid. Uh, he's napped four four, uh, four four stars over the course of his recruiting career as the lead recruiter, and he's also nailed a five recruiter, a five star uh, recruit in Mario Edwards. So he's been a guy that has been known for his recruiting prowess, and that's something that stuck out when the Buffs got Darren Cheverini. Is how good of a recruiter Chev was. Definitely, I think you they have kind of realized the mix they want uh, from a coaching staff standpoint. Elliot really fit what they wanted to do and I think they really like this young presence they want a guy who's going to be active on social media uh, Adam had some really good info on this so I don't want to give away too, too much of what he was saying but it really sound you know you should have a Buff Stampede subscription if you don't if you're a Buffs fan but really what it came down to I think was finding a coach who fit in with this coaching staff I agree with that and uh, unfortunately, with Jim Levitt, while he was great, there was some friction, especially between he and McIntyre, and we've talked about it on this podcast. But I think there was just friction across the staff with Levitt, and they really wanted to find someone who could, they could kind of just plug in, and he'll, he'll fit in with the culture, he'll recruit his tail off, and I think help to coordinate a really good defense. I don't think it's going to be such a thing where – Levitt kind of took the reins on that defense and said, everyone, get out of my defensive room. I'm going to do this. I think it's going to be more of a cohesion with the staff. Yeah. Well, he did um, – he has proved that he can be a great defensive coordinator. I mean, he helped lead FSU to one of their best defensive campaigns in school history. And so I think I have high hopes for him. Obviously, it's not going to be exactly like Jim Levitt, but that might be better for the Buffs with Mike McIntyre more involved with the defense and just the rest, rest of the coaching staff. And you have to keep in mind uh, that he ran a 3-4, so this fits into McIntyre's scheme. Exactly. And McIntyre is a guy who is a defensive coach. And when you consider that, you know, it's not always the best thing to have your coach take on the least amount of responsibilities. And what I'm saying is that with Levitt, Mac didn't really have to worry about the defense. All he had to do was lead his group. But that's not what he wanted. He, that, exactly. Mac wanted to be involved with the defense, and I think he's going to get that opportunity now. Certainly. It's always interesting with a head coach how much, uh, you know, responsibility they want, how much it works. Uh, for example, like with the Broncos, Gary Kubiak had no, nothing to do with the defense. Wade Phillips had 100% control of the defense, and he used to say, like, if Gary Kubiak walked – Gary Kubiak used to say, if I walk into the defensive room, Wade Phillips will tell me to get the hell out. And I think that's kind of how it was with Jim Levitt and Mike McIntyre. Mac now – will have a chance to kind of help mold a young coach into potentially becoming a great defense coordinator rather than bringing a guy in who's just going to say, okay, you want me, 
then get out of my way. And a lot of people, I think, are going to go back and compare this to Mac's first two years when Kent Bear was the DC, but I don't think they should because the program's in a lot better of a spot than it is yeah. when Kent Bear was left responsible for the defensive coordinating position. And that defense is also in a better spot. So I think Mac can spend some of his time and effort on the defensive coordinating coach, or, well, on the defensive side of the ball and not lose the overall program's, you know, sight because when he had Kent Bear and... All he needs is a couple of acronyms to shove down their throats for a whole year. <laughs> we need to... That's what I'm looking forward to most about 2017. What will they come up with? And so far it's been a huge disappointment. <laughs> yeah, new era is bad. They literally took the Avs slogan and changed two letters. The Avs is next era right now. It's bad. It's really bad. I mean, the rise, like, that's dope. That's something you want on a shirt that you want to wear. Which new you can get here at the Blake Street Tavern. Exactly. You don't want new era. Every single team in the history after they were bad has called the next thing the new era. And it feels like they're already a year into the new era, so it's like just late. Jake, well, I agree with you um, with the defense just already having, like, being at a good program. Um, because I was talking to a few players at the beginning of the season and they were just saying how much they trust each other more and how they know that they have each other's backs and even though a lot of seniors are leaving it is like still been passed on to the juniors and those upperclassmen are going to teach the underclassmen and I think it's just like they set up a great program with the defense on what the standards have to be and so even with a different defensive coordinator I think that will definitely stick. I think the defense is in a lot better of a spot than people realize uh, because they lose their defensive coordinator they lose some of those key players like those key three in Akello, Cheeto, and Tedrick. But as the schedule was released today, we're going to get into kind of our way too early predictions later in the show. But I was talking to some guys today, and, you know, I think they're underrated, some of those guys on the defense, especially when I look at a guy like Nick Fisher, because a guy oh, like yeah. Nick Fisher, he just didn't get to play uh, because of all that talent in front of him. And you look at him going into next year, I mean, Think about it this way. Nick Fisher was the hero of the Washington State game, and he played two snaps against Utah. Like, come on. They, they've got some depth there, and they're bringing in some talent. And also, he has the mentality. I mean, he went into that game and was like, I wasn't going to lose this for those guys. And he has that now. After the last two games the Buffs played, they didn't play at what we saw the rest of the season. It wasn't that. And so he's going to come into this season, I imagine, with that mentality of, I need to step up and I need to play these games for my brothers from last year who weren't able to make it. And that's not even the Isaiah Oliver, the Afolabe Laguna, exactly. or the Ryan Mullers of the world. And then you look at a guy like Anthony Julamisi, who you're expecting to take that freshman and sophomore year jump. I really just don't think this defense is in a bad spot. And I think DJ Elliott has to come in here and kind of, I don't want to say it's going to be Jim Levitt's defense, but he kind of has to make it so it's a bridge. And he runs something similar to Jim Levitt because it works so successfully with a lot of the same parts or similar parts as uh, last year. Look, when you're a coach, all you want is to come into an opportunity where you're not left with nothing. And he's, he's not getting the same defense that Jim Levitt had this year. They're not going to be top ten in the country. But he's coming into a situation where the cupboard isn't bare. He's coming into a nice pun about uh, the first defensive coordinator Mike no. McIntyre had. His cupboard was bare, and Jesus. He, but you're coming in to a place where there's a lot of talent, there's a, a recruiting upswing, everything is trending upwards. As a coach, that's all you can ask for is to come into a place with something good already in place. I mean, you know, we're sitting down here getting ready to watch Colorado basketball start. One of the reasons why I believe Tad Boyle has had so much success 
is he came into a place – he came into an Alec Burks. He came into a Corey Higgins. He came into a team that had stuff in place and was able to capitalize on that. I mean, Vance Joseph, new head coach for the Broncos, was just talking about this, how he's going into a program that isn't – he doesn't need to rebuild, like, the whole the entire team. And DJ Elliott is not going to have to rebuild this defense, which is what – causes a lot of problems he's going to just try and make it better from what they are now i'm just happy i think i'm the only person who ever makes ref broncos references on the podcast i'm glad i'm not the only culprit i make rockies references that's way worse it's true at least ali isn't making like eagles references yeah well i, I make black right <laughs> uh we're gonna get into the schedule as well as the new bill that's being put in the colorado state house and some attrition as well but first i gotta tell you about the segment which has been brought to you by the Colorado Keg House in Broomfield, right next to the First Bank Center. With 75 Colorado craft beers on tap, they are the home for Colorado craft beer. From wheat beers to nitros to IPAs to ales. Hey, hey nobody does craft it. beer like the Colorado <laughs> Keg House. You can sit at their huge bar, their tables, or their lounge area. No matter where you sit, you will sit in front of a TV with sports on. So next time you're looking for something to do, go down to the Colorado Keg House off Wadsworth and 36 in Broomfield. Broomfield. <laughs> One broom. Uh, but... Before we talk about the things I just said we were going to talk about, I want to talk about Colorado Hoops a little bit because we are joined by former star of the Colorado basketball legacy and, well, Fairview High School at least, uh, and uh, captain of the Larry Bird squad, for which I gave the nickname to. Most people don't remember that. He doesn't have a microphone right now, so I'm just I'm saying some wild Did things. Did you give that the nickname? If you search hashtag Larry Bird squad on Twitter, I'm the first one that tweets it, and I tweeted it at you. I retweeted it. Yeah, exactly. All I'm saying is it's a team effort, like everything. On this I've table. been losing a lot of followers since I haven't been playing, but I'm still an active buff tweeter, so uh, follow at BoGamble14. Still brings the good tweets, the good content. No, and we're here at Blake Street Tavern, and we're watching the game that just started, and Dom hit his first three, and I'm pumped because last time I was in Seattle, we got blown out, but Dom had 21 points. Shout out, Dom. Real quick, Bo. I want to know your take on what the issue is right now with this team. I think it's a combo of a lot of different issues. I think uh, the first thing I'd say is there's a little bit, there's been a lot of, you know, unluckiness, if you will. You know, we, we haven't caught a break this season. Uh, minus a few performances, and I've even tweeted, I've been really disappointed, like, yo, show some heart out there, do something. Uh, that would be the CSU game and that Utah game. I was completely disappointed in the way the effort was and everything like that. However, um, I'm pretty encouraged. Uh, for being 0-5, I have to say, we're probably the best 0-5 team in their league, in any, any league in the country. Uh, we have so much talent. There's so much upside. I was just telling Tyler while I was sitting at the bar here, I would not be surprised if this team can rattle off five in a row in league play. So <laughs> you're, you're looking at this team right now, Bo, and a lot of people are counting March Madness out. So tell me why, as I sit here today, I shouldn't write off the buffs completely for the rest of the year. You can't count March Madness out ever until the Pac-12 tournament. Why? I was on that team in 2012. We started in Pac-12 1-3. and three. We were never in the NCAA tournament discussion until what? We won a Pac-12 championship. We won four games in four days. That's why you can never write it off. 
Okay, well, you were talking about all the talent this team has, and a lot of people were expecting that talent to come into play and that leadership to come into play from these experienced players. But have you been seeing leadership on the court? I see one leader, and it's not a secret. It's Xavier Johnson. Um, I'd love to see, you know, guys show passion and, you know, fist pumps and trash talk. That's all part of it. We don't, we don't have that. We don't have that swagger. We don't, you know... Wesley Gordon blocks a shot, and he should be given the Dikembe Mutombo finger wave. But instead, he's like, okay, block the shot. I'm Wesley Gordon. I'm going to jog back on offense. You know, We don't have the swagger we used to have, uh, which is part of leadership. And maybe that's because your best player is a fifth-year senior Division II transfer. Maybe maybe that goes into it. I don't know. Um, that. There's, there's a lot of different things, and I'm not in the locker room. I'm not involved, obviously. But from an outsider seeing in, uh, I think this team hasn't caught any breaks at all. And I think very few players show emotion. Do they care? Yes, they do. Do the guys like each other? Yes, they do. I, I think there's good team chemistry. I think they're believing and buying into what Boyle's saying. I just think they're not getting it done. Um, you talk about the bad bounces a little bit, and this team has had such a sh poor shooting percentage. And I don't want to discount this factor. How hard is it, is it as a basketball player when you feel like you're playing well, but you're not getting your shots to fall? It seems like that bleeds over to, to kind of all your aspects of your game because, you know, everyone wants to talk about defense and rebounding, and true, they aren't doing that, but it seems to me that they lose their confidence because they're not getting their shots to fall. You watch basketball, and when teams make shots, watch how much more effort they give on the defensive end. Watch how much harder they go to the glass. Confidence builds from making shots and seeing the ball go through the hoop. So it's, it's really easy. What, what Tad Boyle calls it is the Juco Johnny's team, you know. They, they make a bunch of shots, they get a bunch of dunks, and then they're playing all hard on defense, and they're going on a 15-0 run. But then that Juco Johnny team, you know, they have three turnovers, and someone doesn't pass someone the ball, and they're all pointing the finger at each other and not playing any defense, giving up layups. And so that's why you have those swings up and down, up and down. Wait, I need more Tad Boyle term, terms. Juco Johnny's, what else? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean that's, that's what I have right now. That was just on the spot. I can't oh. do Tad Boyleisms on the spot. What like what's the, what's our word of the day today? We don't have words of the day. We have thought of the day. Thought of the day. What, like what? Give us the thought of the day for the podcast to inspire us along. Well, BSN Buffs podcast and Broncos and everything is hot at BSN. So what I would say is, don't get drunk on your own wine. <laughs> I think that's Tad amending the phrase "don't get high on your own supply" for like a more G-rated crowd. Yeah, that that's that's one of many, but. There's a ton. Uh, shout out to Tad. He does a, a qu uh, quote of the day, thought of the day, every single day, whether it has to do with basketball or it has to do with uh, molding young men's lives. Do you think he just follows, like, basketball quotes on Instagram and just he goes with one of those every day? No, I think he takes 75% uh, of them from Larry Brown and what he learned at Kansas. All right, so That's no fair. Instagram for Tad. Speaking of. Should he get on social media? I've heard a article that says he should where did you read that article only at bsmbuffs.com <laughs> hell yeah Bo. what a company man Bo gamble is <laughs> what, what i'm a fanboy i'm a fanboy of these media guys and, and, here. If, and if you don't want to get drunk on your own wine just come to the blake street tavern you can get drunk on theirs <laughs> this podcast has been like three long advertisements one for us 
one for Blake Street, and then one for this next ad, which is for the Colorado Safe Outlet. Colorado Safe Outlet is the largest selection of safes in Colorado. Don't waste your time at big box retailers looking at safes when they don't suit your needs. Instead, come to Colorado Safe Outlet where an expert will set you up with exactly what you need. No more, no less. Once you pick your perfect safe, they'll deliver it to your home fast and easy. Check them out online at coloradosafeoutlet.com or visit one of their two locations in Centennial and Stapleton. Uh, I don't recommend going to Centennial in any fashion. You live there. <laughs> I, know, I know, it's terrible. <laughs> it's not that bad. How Did you ever think you would hate somewhere where you lived this much after you lived in Boulder? It's not that I hate it that much. It's just like it's so far from the mountains. Like they just All you see is like an outline. Bo, Once you've lived in Boulder, like you either have to like completely leave or stay. Bo, you're down here, right? Now? Uh, yeah, I live downtown now, but I'm actually moving back to Boulder. Exactly. That's what I was about to ask you. Like, how much do you miss it? If you leave, you're gonna come back eventually. It's true. Yeah, I always said I was a city girl and I was gonna go back to the East Coast, but right now I think I might stay in Colorado. Those mountains, you can't beat that. What? The. Is that what we're talking about on this podcast? We get off topic a lot. We, uh, Usually it's their puns, but thankfully we've stayed kind of away from that. I thought I was just—I thought you were gonna leave and be bolder than that, but you're just gonna stay, you know. St staying uh, committed and uncommon to uh, the be bolder thread. Yes. Anyways, Bo. By the time the people hear this, we'll know if your prediction is right. Buffs with an 8-6 lead, 15 minutes left. Who's going to win? 15 minutes left in the first half. First half. Thank God it wasn't <laughs> 15 minutes left in the game, 8-6. No, I mean, uh, I think the Buffs are going to sweep. The Washington School is on the road this week, and I think this is the start of the turnaround. And I think this is the start of what this team is very capable of. However, with that prediction in mind, I was telling people last week that we were going to beat UCLA and USC at home. So there goes my credibility. But before you discounted your credibility, what do you see in terms of a turnaround with this team? What is it that's going to get this team corrected? I see I'm a player. I walk in that locker room every day, and there's a big freaking standings board in there. And you know what it has, the buffs? 0-5 and at the bottom of that. That's embarrassing as a player. They're going to take some pride, and if they don't, they're getting unlucky again because I know they really are trying and they really do care and they really are trying to win. Like, like they have the talent. Like, there's no way this is an 0-5. There's no way 0-5 represents this team. I heard another uh, – I listened to Adam Butler's podcast and whoever, and those other guys. Friend of the podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast. You know, I, I, I tune in. I, I got to drive to work. I listen to that. And, you know, there someone was predicting over under Colorado wins in Pac-12 at four. How are you – that is disrespectful. Like, I know we're 0-5. This team will be very close to finishing 500 or above in league play. Bold prediction right there. I think until they prove to me they can win one game, I don't believe they can win four. That was my theory with CU football, and I got nailed on that. Haters going to hate. Well, speaking of CU football, we're going to transition that way, but I know Bo – also considers himself a bit of a football guy. He wanted to talk football on this podcast too. The schedule came down today, so before we get into it, I want to hear your prediction. I've got it here if you haven't seen it yet. What's the Buffs' record? You think I haven't seen it? I saw it when it released. I believe it. I looked at the road games to pick, and I will be attending. I attend one road game every year, 
And the only one that makes sense would be at Arizona State or at UCLA. Oh. And you're going to go to Phoenix to play golf for two days and then watch the game. Duh. I'll see you there. I made it to three this year if you include Pac-12 championship and bowl game. True. Yeah, yeah. those are road games. Yeah. Uh, and okay, for the so record, what's your record, I am a huge CU Buff fan. I went to the Pac-12 championship in Santa Clara, and I was down in San, San Antonio. So. Samesies. Okay. Yeah, but I don't get paid to do it. <laughs> what's your what's your uh, win prediction for next season? All right, Colorado State 1-0, Texas State 2-0, Northern Colorado 3-0, Washington at home. Big time revenge game, 4-0. At UCLA, riding the high a little too much, 4-1. Arizona, home family weekend, we're getting fired up. What is that, 5-1 now? Mm-hmm. At Oregon State, 6-1. At Washington State, the Palouse, tough L, 6-2. Um, California. Cal at home, 7-2. At Arizona State, on the road, tough, 7-3. USC at home, big bounce back from a loss in Tempe, 8-3. And then at Utah, winner of that game goes to the Pac-12 championship game. Toss-up. But right now, I'm saying I love the Buffs. So 9-3. and 9-3 and three in a second straight Pac-12 South championship. You heard it here first from Bo Gamble on the podcast. A non-football expert, and I have no idea about much, except for I like the recruiting class. The rise is real. Chev knows how to tweet. Is next era, new era real. Is new era real. New era, they hate it. What uh? What, I like it though. What's worse? It's, it's hashtag, the new era. Is hashtag new era worse than hashtag buffs tough? I don't know who's doing the buffs tough thing on CU's accounts, but buffs tape was in. I don't know why they killed it. <laughs> That's Bo Gamble, the inventor of buffs tape, which honestly was amazing. I don't know why it ever stopped. It should have never stopped being a thing. But, yeah, that's the perfect transition to get into the schedule uh, that was released today. We already knew the opponents, but uh, some of the times were announced today. Colorado State game got moved up to Friday again. It'll be Friday, September 1st. Uh, I'm waiting for that game to be on. Was it in August this year, August 30th? What game? The Colorado State game. I don't remember. It was. You don't remember that (laughs) game, do you? Ask me anything about the Colorado State game. My my answer is the same. It was the Saturday before. It was on Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on Friday. Anyways. They moved it to Friday to get it on ESPN. Right. So it's on Friday against Colorado State. You got Saturday uh, the next week, Texas State at home, then Northern Colorado at home, and then Washington at home. Uh, This year, Colorado beat all of their teams that they played in Colorado, so that bodes well for the Buffs. They've also got Arizona at home and California as well as USC at home. They go out on the road, and they're going to take on UCLA, Washington State, Arizona State, and Utah. Uh, no surprises. Like I said, we already knew all this, but we got the dates announced. Uh, I'm trying to get the buy date for you. I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, it looks to me. It's between USC UC and Utah. And Utah. Late so bye week. Late, late bye week. Uh, that bye week is so late, in fact, that if, as Bo Gamble predicted, the Buffs are playing for the Pac-12 South title in that Utah game. They have an added benefit of having that buy. I don't know when Utah's buy is, but basically either way, if you win Utah, you come into the Pac-12 title game pretty well rested, which is something that did not happen this season against Washington. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, and personally I don't think the Buffs will be playing for the Pac-12 title this year. But the late bye week would really be beneficial. I mean – is really only beneficial if you do make that game because if you don't, then you're getting all that time off after that Utah game anyway 
before a potential bowl game if you indeed do make win that many games. The only way it's beneficial to see you in general is that you don't have a home game during the students' break for Thanksgiving break, so you don't waste Oh yeah, that's true. 7,000 student tickets there. That is nice. Uh, but uh, any other quick takeaways from the schedule that you saw? Uh, you know, obviously this non-conference schedule is a joke. Well, it was made when they became scared. I mean, they, they thought their only chances of making a bowl game was getting three automatic wins early in the season and to be honest that the expectations up in Fort Collins are really really high going into the season now I probably won't ever end up predicting yeah I, I, I went up to the expectations place at CSU and the meters popping out of the roof is it the Ramo meter they have yeah, the, they just, that's like anyone drops a pin in the arena that it goes full bars <laughs> and like the ram explodes they have that on the side of the road now and it just says like football expectations for 2017 and anytime someone drives by it gets a little bit higher but really they are, they are expecting a lot so i i wouldn't call that an automatic win i never ever will in that game because we've seen what happens I wouldn't either, but last year they were supposed to be good, and CU destroyed them that first game and kind of lost. They lost their momentum after, or they lost their like expected momentum off that game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, forty-four to seven, I believe, was the score. And I, I don't really remember it. <laughs> it was memorable for most, but I think it was memorable for the people up north, but not the people down south. They true. were just kind of like, "Yeah, this is what's supposed to happen." Oh, there's a power ballad playing in the background. <laughs> For a double cheeseburger. So but I honestly think this schedule is a joke. But the good news is next season, the uh, non-conference schedule starts to get a little more exciting. I believe that's when they start the series with Nebraska in 2018. But, but I think that is a... I think it's a bummer that there's no... I mean, there's not one interesting game outside of... CSU, but that's kind of what you get with these Pac-12 schedules where you play nine conference games. You really, it's really, put, you're putting your team in a tough situation by putting a tough game in your non-conference schedule. Obviously, the Buffs this year played Michigan, and if they would have won that, could have changed everything for them, but you don't necessarily want to put anything too tough in there, and with already having Colorado State in there, you see why the Buffs don't really want to play that game anymore, because if you could put Texas State in the opener, Northern Colorado in the second game, then maybe you throw a more a more intriguing team in the third game, but with the risk of losing against Colorado State that always exists, it's really slippery slope to put more tough games in that non-conference schedule. I'll throw this out there: most in, most uh, must attend Folsom Field home game this season. Mm. For me, it's Washington. I agree with that. It's going to be cool because you say USC, Bo. Yeah, for me, it's Washington or USC. I like the idea of it being Washington. Good chance the Buffs are undefeated going into that game. The hype surrounding this season will still be very alive. People will be getting excited. You're talking about a rematch of a game where you got embarrassed on national TV. And it's the first Pac-12 game for both teams since that game. That's exciting. I mean, that's going to be that should be a sold-out game. I think that I, I think I'm with you on that. Being Might the, be the, game day, honestly, depending on how that falls. I, I'm not allowed to talk about potential game day anymore. <laughs> I don't think we, any of us on this yeah, podcast no. should be allowed to. But uh, what's – Bo says – Allie, what about for you? You said USC? I think Washington, um, but I also think USC is going to be a good game and, like, a game that a lot of people are going to head to, especially after, like, USC the past two years 
I'm pretty sure they still haven't beat USC. Yeah. And two years ago, so they, their yeah, last home game yeah. of the season was USC. In a game that they might have won had Cephalufa exactly. stayed healthy. Exactly. And so I think USC, at least at the – I think both of those games are going to be must-go for CU fans. They're just – USC stole the Rose Bowl from CU, as many say. A narrative that will be forgotten by then. I, I think a lot of fans won't forget that. Yeah, I don't, it's really hard. I mean, as a CU fan, you can't really say anything. It's the same thing as, like, back in 2001 – when CU fans were so mad that Nebraska went to the national championship over them, and then they go and, you know, get their wheels knocked off by Oregon, you can't really complain about it afterwards. And I know it still stings for CU fans because that was, they, should, they really should have been competing for a national championship. But when you go and lay an egg yeah. in the game that you should be out there to prove this is why we should have been there, then you can't really say anything. It's the same thing as this season. The Buffs can't complain about not being in the Rose Bowl because – they played an inferior opponent in Oklahoma State and got their teeth kicked in. I agree with that, but, like, Buffs can't complain about that, but fans will be fans. And as an Eagles fan, I don't care if my team didn't There's play the Eagles well. reference. I'm always, like, going to think, like, USC, like, I still don't like the Patriots after they beat us in the Super Bowl, you know? There's, right. like, things like that where fans aren't going to let that go, especially USC. Fans don't have to be rational. You exactly. just can't ever Buffs, expect them the to Buffs, be. The Buffs, the actual players, can't be upset about that because they didn't – play well against Oklahoma State but I feel like fans will definitely want to go to that game but first game is definitely besides you um, Colorado State Washington would be my pick what is the must go to road game last year there was very obviously one in Michigan that you were like all right that's the one uh, and we were right I, it was awesome it, it was uh, awesome for those of whom went um, those of whom were stuck at bar mitzvahs uh, it was less awesome watching on iPads uh, either way What's it for this year? Uh, I like that both said UCLA and Arizona State. I think Arizona State, right before it gets really cold in Boulder, would be fun to go out and get a little warm weekend down there in Arizona. I'm personally going to go UCLA just because uh, Los Angeles is awesome. I know you did the UCLA track two years ago, and you came back with rave reviews about that one. Yeah, that was Halloween in L.A. That was a good time. I'm always, though, I'm always going to go with ASU. It's just so tempting. I mean, tempting uh, to go down. <laughs> very <laughs> subtle. Very I was subtle. the only one that got that right away. <laughs> but uh, I, I always love that area. One of my good friends went to ASU, so I always made the trip down there whenever I could. That's a fun – I mean, that's a whenever fun, Whenever you can get down there in the stuff. Arizona. Right, exactly. Well, I think it's also a game where you can drive. I mean, you can drive to any of these games, but it's closer. It's more intriguing for fans. ASU is a fun party school, so see you fans. See you fans will definitely want to go there craziest thing i've ever seen during the time i was in college was at asu anyone I would involved hope, bryce badwin no i would i would hope anyone who's heard uh who's listening to this podcast knows what edward 40 hands is you, you tape two 40s to your hands and you have to drink them both or whatever i saw two girls do edward captain hands two girls taped their hands to a full handle of captain morgan and finished it that's how asu gets down I knew I wanted to go to Arizona State when I graduated high school, but my parents wouldn't let me. <laughs> I know why now, but I still know the reason why I want to go to Arizona State. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard wild actually, things that from was my, That was my only other option other than CU, but it was, it was a pipe dream. I knew I was going to CU. Uh, well, what's your record prediction, Bo? Bo said, what, 8-4 and four you had? 7-3? He said 9-3. 9-3. He said 9-3. Okay. He's the diehard over here. 
So he's got nine and three. Allie, do you want to start with uh, your record prediction? Um. I'm so biased. <laughs> I said nine and three this year. That's crazy. You were closer than <laughs> the unbiased people. I'm not sure. I'm so I still need a little bit All right, more time. All right, I'll go with mine because I already have mine nailed down because I'm so good with these predictions <laughs> uh, as everyone stares at me because they know I'm about to say something done. Uh, I'm going to either go 7-5 and five and 8-4. and four. I think it's way too you early. You have to pick one. All right, then I'll go 7-5. and five. Okay. I'm going to go 7-5 and five, uh, right now. I'm not, that's not my final You're record prediction. You're not tied to a prediction until the final podcast before the CSU games. Then I say they go undefeated. <laughs> it's, they're going to the national championship. Be careful, the table. And then when people listen to the podcast right before the game, they're going to be like, wow, the Buffs really had a bad off season." You should predict everything between 6-6 six and six and 12-0 and oh between now and the first game so you can go back and republish the podcast. <laughs> like next week someone decommits. You know what? I'm going to have to say 6-6. Six and six. Then they got to commit the week before signing day. It's 12-0 and oh again, baby. Let's go. I'm actually I'm right with you at 7-5. and five. I think a lot of people are – I feel like that people are in between, but I feel like a lot of people are underestimating how much they really do lose. I, like Nick Fisher, maybe he is good, but one – a few good plays against Washington State doesn't sell me on being able to replace the type of secondary that they had. In football, so often a really, really, really strong unit can carry an entire side of the ball. To me, that secondary is what made that defense – they have a lot to replace over there. I love Isaiah Oliver. I think Nick Fisher has a chance to be a good player. I just have to see it before I can believe that defense can be anything close to what they were this year. So I think there are going to be some struggles. Then again, I think Steven Montez is going to have an awesome yeah, season. The say. offense is going to be great. Philip Lindsay still over there. I think they have a chance to be really good on the offensive side of the ball. I'll probably take a, a, a step forward on offense. I just think they do take a, a pretty significant step back on D. I agree with that. I think they'll definitely take a few steps forward with their offense. Steven Monta, Shea Fields, Bobo, all of them, Phil Lindsay, they're all returning. Um, I think they're going to have a great great off offensive side of the ball, but at defense, I agree with that. They're going to take a step back um, just because of every player that they're losing. But I'm still going to go 8-4. A little more positive, okay. So we've yeah. got two 7-5s and 8-4s and, and, and Beige, 9-3. and three. Someone will – Maybe be right. So I just think, like, yeah, the last two games you didn't see that destiny factor that you saw throughout the season. But these – the upperclassmen saw what it was like to not win and to watch their, their brothers and their teammates lose. And then some of these players have seen that plus seen themselves get so close and yet fail. And so I think – well, technically that season isn't a failing season, but still not get to what they wanted to do. And so I think these – these juniors going into senior year now are just going to bring back that momentum and bring back that destiny factor. And so that's why I have more hope in them going eight and four at least. This is about a 10 minute rant that I'll, I'll have on a different podcast, but I'm going to make this point. I don't know if that's there anymore. I don't know if that the fire they had early in the season this past year is Philip Lindsay. I still, I think he's a big factor, but I, he was there the last two games this past season. It didn't change the results of those blowouts. But like I said, this is a whole That's thing. That's the for a job of Mike day. McIntyre this offseason is to figure out another way to but motivate it's them. But it's not exactly there also as of today. Quarterbacks, Steven Montez, Sevalufau got hurt those two games. Right. Which, what does that say about this, Steve? It might not say anything about Steven Montez, this, but as of now, Montez has not been that guy that inspires them to have that fire. The it thing, did at Oregon. It did at Oregon. The thing is, 
they but got over. Had enough time for that yet? Right, and and we'll have this whole <laughs> convert. This is a summer podcast, but we're gonna go off. But they got over the one hump. They weren't ready for the next one. It's all Mike McIntyre's job as the coach that Colorado thinks he is, giving him all that money. It's his job to find a new thing. This isn't all. This isn't about getting to a bowl game anymore. It's not about bringing Colorado out of the dark ages. It's about something new. It's Mike McIntyre's job to get them to believe in something new and get that back in them. And as I talk to recruits, I've talked to several of them, they all believe that they're going to go to a national title by the time that they're done with their careers at Colorado. So maybe it's that. I, I don't know what their level of believability is with that, but that's what they say to me. I'm pretty sure Rick George at one point early in his time said that they want to be competing for a Pac-12 championship by 2018 in football. And they exceeded the, that. Yeah. So no maybe doubt. these kids will, will get that goal. Some kids that won't be there, uh, some attrition reported by our good pal Adam Munstertagger, which, like you said, you should sign up for buffstampede.com over there on Scout. Uh, Colin Sutton, Dino Gordon, John LaStella, Christian Shaver, and Justin Jan not coming back. Uh, that's the attrition thus far reported. We're expecting some more, uh, I do believe. But uh, none of those names really pop your eyeballs. Christian Shaver, Shaver had a very good game against Arizona State and then went uh, literally MIA, MIA uh, from the team. Uh, Dino Gordon is a guy that I think had a lot of talent that just never he got also got in legal it. trouble before the season. Yep, and uh, we never really heard from him after that. Uh, but those are the two big names that stick out. John Lastello spent some time uh, playing, but he was never a guy. I think he's a guy that's already going to be passed up. He wasn't exactly Stella or Stellar. He was just an average John out there. She he was actually normal John. Normal John. Normal John. Normal John. Four people that are listening to this got that. Are dying at home right now. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to shave the roster down a little oh bit. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I wonder when they're going to be Gordon with uh, the attrition. Oh, my God. I want to say something about next year's football team. If your senior leader is Philip Lindsay, there is no way you can go wrong with that. Like, I don't know him. I don't know anything about football. I don't know anything about the locker room. But I've seen enough interviews. And I've seen him, and I know, like, I would, I would, I'd put it on the pads for Philip Lindsay if he was the coach. I'd run through a wall for him. BSN Buffs, where we just bring people on the podcast who don't, know, who quote, don't know anything <laughs> about football. <laughs> oh well, you know, at least Bo's outward about it. I think if we had some fans on the podcast, we could have some fans on the podcast that would have some takes, but they would know everything about football. Yes, most fans do know everything. Yes, they know absolutely everything. Uh, one more piece of news that came out. There's a new bill in Colorado legislature uh, at the urging of Rich, Rick George, Bruce Benson, and Phil DeStefano that would make it, uh, which would basically take away the six-contract limit on the multi-year contracts. Uh, that's big news for the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, huge. Because one of the factors in the Levitt thing uh, no matter how small or big, was the fact that they couldn't give uh, – well, he had a multi-year contract, but the Buffs have to be careful about how many of those they give out because they only get six. And right now uh, they're being used on the women's basketball coach, the men's basketball coach, uh, Mike McIntyre, and uh, I think the volleyball, volleyball coach, coach, Rick, Rick George. George, and then there's uh, Jim, Lovett. Jim Lovett. So so, no, so they have one open one right now. Right, but with this law, if it does pass in the Colorado House – 
Uh, it might be in the Senate or the House. Politics, that's not what this podcast is for. Uh, if it does pass, it would allow Colorado to give out as many of those as they want. And I don't believe that's just for uh, athletics. I believe that's for... No, it's for everything. It's for everything right, it's for that everything. has that um, law and state. It's for all of that. Which uh, I don't know on politically how that stands or even my opinion on it. But sports ball, that's really good for the buffs. Yeah, obviously that would be huge. Uh, if you want to have multi-year success, you need multi-year contracts. Exactly. And it's it's the buffs are at a competitive disadvantage when trying to go up against uh, schools and states that don't have such regulations. So they need that to be put in place. Uh, it's all part of kind of things that have been trending the right way for Colorado football. It started with the administration and the school being dedicated to success. They kind of have that in place now. Now you need the state to be on, on board with it, and then you can have more success that way. I agree with that 100%. I think this would be huge for Colorado football, it, for CU in general, just to be able to give more long-term contracts to every single one of their coaches that could improve every sport in a sense with stability and all of that in place. Speaking of huge, you know what's huge? What? The selection at Life Flower Dispensary down in Glendale, just south of Denver, serves medical and rec recreational marijuana until midnight. They are a one-stop shop and have everything and something for every single person out there. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use tropical treatments. Tropical. Tropical. Uh, for severe pain, Life Flower carries a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flowers, and they carry glass too. Check out their menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price sales, or just show up for Life Flower off of Leedsdale. We're going to go watch this basketball game, and you probably need drugs if you want to enjoy that. Oh, wow. For Ali Monroy and oh, wow. Ryan Koenigsberg, a special thank you to Bo Gamble for joining us. You can follow on Twitter at BoGamble14. Uh, this has been the BSN Buff Podcast for uh, middle January, whatever today's date is, January 18th. Uh, we appreciate your listens. Follow all of our content on BSNDenver.com. We're headed towards signing day, so stay tuned to all these commits and what they're going to do. Uh, we'll see you next week.